got nine minutes to maximize your travel and casino experience? Welcome to Zorkcast, powered by Travel Zork, helping you travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures. From airline miles and hotel points to living in the lap of luxury in a Las Vegas casino, you'll find all the knowledge you need to travel in style. Brought to you in nine minutes or less. Now, please welcome the host of Zorkcast, Michael Mason Traeger. Hello. This is Michael, and welcome back to Zorkcast. Today, I have a special guest. It's Fleming, who's joining me in London, and he is from FinalCall.Travel. And Fleming is a miles and points expert in the Scandinavian market, and that's what his websites are about. And today, we're going to talk a little bit about the differences of airlines in Europe and like flying on airlines when you visit Europe in comparison to the United States. Fleming, thank you for being on Zorkcast today. Thanks for having me. I'm, I've really been looking forward to this. I've been following your podcast for a, for a long time. So it's such an honor to be here. Well, thank you. Wow, an honor. We haven't had many who said it's an honor. You're flattering me. That's great. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of people might assume that, you know, people who mostly fly U.S. domestic or maybe who don't fly that much, but they fly a lot in the United States and they're taking a trip to Europe. So, of course, you have the flight that's the over-the-water flight, but then you might be flying around Europe quite a bit more, which is quite common. And it's also common when Europeans come to the United States and they fly around, you know, they're in New York and then they go to Las Vegas, of course, and to LA. So what would you say are the main differences that people might not realize when they're flying you know, on carriers in Europe, or at least the whole way it works in Europe. I was, there's a big difference between America and Europe, because first of all, we don't have many flights in Europe that are much longer than a couple of hours. You also have much better cheese. Of course we have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Francis in Europe. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, we're good. This is also, we're going to get into a geography yeah. lesson today. It's wonderful. <laughs> But I mean, first of all, the flights are much shorter here in, in aver on average. So we don't have those coast to coast four or five hour flights in Europe. I mean, most flights are a maximum couple of hours. I mean, I flew over from Copenhagen to London last uh, yesterday and it was an hour and a half. So it doesn't really, we're not that focused on, it's not as important to get a big first class seat because, I mean, you're out of the airplane in, in, in an hour and a half from after takeoff. It doesn't really matter. And we have so many low cost airlines here and it's not, it's a different game. So I'll say if you fly in Europe, it's not as important to be loyal and have status and stuff like that. You have so many options. We have EasyJet, Ryanair, Wissair, Norwegian, Whaling. There's so many low-cost airlines, and you can always get a fantastic deal. So the prices in general are better here in Europe than in the U.S., also with the traditional carriers, because they are competing with the low-cost airlines. And basically, it's all the same. There are no difference. You're paying for your bags no matter what airline you're flying on if you choose the cheap ticket. So there, there are no big difference. The service on board is more or less the same. Uh, so I would say go, go for the best deal and, and drop the loyalty part when you're flying around in Europe. Yeah, and it is a lot different because there is, you know, I hate to say it, but 
you know, fundamentally, the U.S. is pretty anti-competitive because of all of the airline mergers. And you really don't have a lot of options like you do in Europe, in the United States. But the bigger, I think the bigger issue a lot of times in the United States is that certain airlines have immense control over certain airports and you really don't have that much competition. And while there are low-cost carriers in the United States like Frontier, and Spirit, you know, Southwest, which might have been considered a low-cost carrier a couple years ago, is really equivalent to the mainline carriers of Delta, United, and American. They're not really a low-cost carrier anymore. So you don't have you don't really have this competition. And I think that's one reason why everybody sees how you know, flying within the United States has gotten really relatively expensive for US domestic flights. Actually, in some cases, it's cheaper to fly from the U.S. East Coast to Europe than it is to fly, you know, within the United States. So it is sort of wonderful when people get to Europe that you can hop around Europe, you know, by plane, you know, or a combination of plane and also train. But, you know, sometimes plane is honestly more efficient, you know, for, for next to nothing. I mean, it's not unheard of to have what would be equivalent to $25 airfares oh. in, in Europe. No, I would say, just take the example of Copenhagen to London. I mean, I can choose from five different airlines on that route. I mean, you have EasyJet, you have Ryanair, you have Norwegian, you have British Airways, you have Scandinavian Airlines. And of course, the competition is crazy. And I mean, most of the times, I'll get a return flight on that route for maybe $100, including carry-on baggage and seat choice. So that, that's not unheard of. I can get it even lower. I have booked the flight here in March. That's like $25 one way with Ryanair from Copenhagen to London. So so compared to the US, it is much cheaper. And, it, and, and seen from a US perspective, those prices are crazy. And I mean, of course, they can't earn money on it, but, but they sell them because the competition is crazy. No, and it's fabulous. And even with the low-cost carriers like EasyJet and Ryanair, even buying up to the premium boarding and the exit row seats – is still a really good deal. And that's also something I always remind people to look at. Sometimes the fares are so cheap, you're better off upgrading to, you know, the pre, and sometimes you need a check bag. Not to mention, and I'm always super impressed by the European carriers, the buy on board is actually pretty nice. <laughs> oh, it's, I mean, the EasyJet flight I was on, on yesterday, I mean, they have like warm pizza or uh, warm sandwiches, fresh bacon wrap, rolls, bacon <laughs> rolls, uh, wraps with the, I mean, fresh salad and even, even premium drinks like Grey Goose vodka and stuff like that is, I, mean, I was really amazed by it. It's, uh, and, and the prices are really fair. No, no, it's, it's, it's really, really wonderful. Where, you know, before we run out of time, I also want to make bring up another really big difference between European carriers and American carriers. And that's in Europe, you know, there's a huge amount of consumer protection for people who fly through uh, legislation called EC261. And that affords customers a certain baseline of protection if there are irregular operations. Now, the only caveat here is weather does not count as irregular operations. But for example, and just to give people basis for this in the United States, I mean, if you get a Spirit airline ticket and you're flying Spirit from Detroit to Las Vegas and that Spirit ticket is $50 or $60, wow, yeah, great deal. Well, guess what? That Spirit plane goes mechanical or there's a problem. Either maybe you have to wait four or five or six hours, or maybe they just cancel the flight. Can't, and it's not a weather-related cancel cancellation. An airline like Spirit, and we've covered this on Zorkcast, will basically say, hey, here's your choice. 
uh, we've got a seat available in three days from now, or we'll give you your $50 back. Not very consumer friendly. And of course, as we all know, if you need to rebook on Delta from Detroit the same day after Spirit's given you your $50 back, that flight's going to cost you $700. So could you talk a little bit about, you know, the protections on these airlines? Because it is, it does make flying a low cost carrier much safer in Europe than in the United States from, from the perspective of the consumer. Yeah. I mean, you are really well protected here in Europe, maybe even too much, especially the airline argues that. But, but I mean, even in weather related cases, you are still protected. They, they will still put you up in a hotel for free. They will still rebook you for free, even though it's weather. You don't just don't get the, the money compensation okay. in pocket, but you're still protected. They'll still take care yeah, of it. Yeah, they call that something. It's like taking care. It's not it's, like taking care of the customer. In, in the airline business, they call it care. Yeah. Uh, so they will put you up in a hotel. So you don't, it's not money out of pocket for you, even though if, if it's a weather. You know, I forget that all the time. Yeah. So it really, I mean, it, the protections are amazing in comparison to the United States. If they have a tech issue and cancel the flight or delay it by more than two or four hours to depends on how long the flight is, then on top of the care part and then rebooking and stuff like that, you'll get a cash compensation. A short flight in Europe could be 250 euros. So they'll actually pay you money, even though they still take care of you and rebook you. And, and this could be, and this could be on a, you know, you're talking, this could be on a 50 euro ticket that, that you get. On a 20 euro ticket, doesn't matter. They, they, those are EU rules and they don't care about how much you paid for the ticket. And then it goes with every airline in Europe. They have to, have to do that. So you're extremely well protected here, but there is a slight difference between the low-cost airlines and the network carriers. I mean, even though the EU rules are the same for everybody, in reality, you might have a better chance of having a, being rebooked to a, a good flight within a short period of time if you're flying a network carrier because they can much easier rebook you to the entire network in the alliance. If you're flying on a low-cost carrier, they will try and rebook you on their own airline. That might be three days out, as you talked about with Spirit, According to the EU rules, they have to rebook you on the first available flight, no matter what airline. In reality, they don't really do it. So you might have to bend their arm a little, twist their arm a little bit to get them to do it. You might even book the flight yourself and then send the invoice to them and yeah, get the so send it for compensation exactly yeah no that's great stuff to keep in mind well we're we're out of time today this has been a fascinating conversation and i hope this brings value to some people on understanding it. it's really interesting stuff to talk about and fleming thank you again for joining us on zorkast thanks for having me great and until next time You've reached the end of your stay with us on this episode, but we encourage you to visit our website for more resources at TravelZork.com and to continue the conversation on Twitter and Instagram at TravelZork and Facebook.com slash TravelZork. Travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures right here on ZorkCast. Until next time, good luck.